People, purpose, passion. A little over a month ago, I told you that easy was hard. A little over a month ago, I had everything in order, everything lined up, everything in position, and I was knocking that shit down. Everything I wanted to accomplish, I was accomplishing. You know how you're moving so fast in life? Something happens that makes you slow down. Whether it's a loss. Whether it's a a financial setback. Whether it's whatever happened. Whatever. It slows you down. And you kind of start to see things moving in slow motion. I had all of that. All of that happened to me. I told you I wasn't going away and I won't. I'm not. I'm not on this new year, new me shit. It's a new year, but it's the same old hers. I had to be slowed down because I thought I had everything right. I thought I had everybody in my life that needed to be there, but I didn't. I did it. Let me tell you everything that happened to me. Going to work, typical day. Had a lot to accomplish that day at work. Next thing I know, I stepped wrong on the sidewalk. It felt like I, it felt like I stepped on my knee. That's how hard I rolled my ankle and I thought I'm honestly broke my foot. I heard a snap. I felt it twist. And next thing I know, my ankle is the size of both my ankles, really. I still tried to soldier through it. I still actually made it to work that day. I sat down. Ankle was huge. Good friend of mine who I work with came upstairs and said, dude, what the hell did you do? I told him what happened. He said, you can't work. I said, bullshit, let me try to do something. He said, stand up, try that. So I stood up. And he said, you have been going a little too hard. Maybe you need to stop. At that point, I didn't really hear him talking to me. I didn't really see him talking to me. I felt that was somebody else telling me something that I was about to go through. That's because... I thought I had everything in line. I thought I had everything in a row. Like I told you last podcast, I was good. Like I just said, you need something to happen to slow you down. That slowed me down. And I started to see everybody in my life for what they're there for. Loved ones, so-called acquaintances, so-called friends, everybody. I started to see exactly what they're there for. So as I'm still trying to heal from damn near turn my ankle off, <laughs> turn ligaments and all of that stuff. Things are moving and things are moving very slow for me right now. Not only physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, 
things are moving very slow. But I knew I was coming back. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how I was going to give you the exact same podcast that I've been giving you for this long. How was I going to up it a little bit? I had, I actually got a lot of interviews lined up. Plenty of good people, or so I thought. When I said I thought I had everything lined up, everybody in my life I needed to have, nope, I didn't. I didn't, I don't. And now I got to think about how I'm going to navigate through life. 39 years old. Still trying to achieve something. Still trying to make my make my kids proud, you know? Still trying to leave leave my mark, but leave my legacy, so to speak. Not really looking at myself as being almost 40. I'm not. I probably will never look at myself as being almost anything because I'm going to hopefully continue to be this way. But anyways, let me let you know exactly everything that happened. There's a lot of things in my life that I hold close, I hold near. You know, you all know, you know, I ain't got to really up and let you guys know how I feel about, you know, my wife, my kids, my mother, my little brother. I tell you that all the time. But it's everything that transpired in this last little bit over a month, maybe a month and two days since you last heard me. And how we have always felt that I don't really do a podcast the way a podcast is podcasted. Is podcasted a word? I'm pretty sure it isn't, but it is now. They're podcasted. That's a word now. But, um... I don't really look at other people's lives and point the finger. Like I said before, I don't point the finger at y'all. I don't point the finger at y'all and try to take and try to dissect situations and lives and this and that. That ain't me. That ain't me. Everything happens for a reason. There's always two sides to a story. Plus, what you eat don't make me shit, pretty much. So, I don't really talk about your life unless it's affected Unless I have some sort of maybe little bit of connection to it. You know, for those of you to know me, no, I have I'm a huge football fan. Huge. Huge football fan, but we've had a couple of you know, stories in football these these last this last week that sort of stopped. First, I want to say, let me make sure I get this right because I really don't want to disrespect the man. And if it isn't him, yes, it is him. First, we lost. Well, we also lost. We also lost Dan Reeves. Coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
believe he was a coach of Atlanta Falcons, Broncos, Giants. You know, just just a real good man. Good knowledge of football. Real good knowledge of football. And just to have that hit you right along the time that you're dealing with the loss of John Madden, who as a player, as a coach, as a, I'm sorry, not a player. He wasn't a player for that long, but as a coach, as a commentator, and as the face of Madden, he's going to live on forever. He's going to live on forever in many ways, but so many different generations know John Madden. You know, if you're really into football, you also know, you know, who Dan Reeves is and how important he was. You know, but to lose John Madden, a name that I hear every day of my life, a face that I see every day of my life. I've been playing Madden since I was 88. You know, I done cried, I done cursed, I done broke controllers, I done won money, I done stood in the rain, I done, uh, oh my gosh, spent so much money and <laughs> did everything I could just, you know, just to, to get a copy or to, or to get a new player or whatever, whatever, or to just to sit around and teach somebody how to play the game or just, you know, make good friends. I made great friends through this game, but to have it a part of my life and to know What that what that means, what he means, and will forever mean to football. You know, thank you, coach. Thank you, coach. I gotta speak about Antonio Brown, but I gotta speak about Antonio Brown in a different way. Everybody knows what happened. If you're listening, if you're listening to my podcast, you know what happened to Antonio Brown because I'm not the first go-to. I understand that. I'm coming up though. But anyway, he was due three hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars in three different ways. I believe he was eight receptions away from um, benchmarking his contract. I believe he was a touchdown away, and I also believe he was. Uh, some something else. I, I believe it was receiving yards. Yes, it was receptions. It was touchdowns, and it was receiving yards. But it was, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was eight eight re- receptions, fifty five receiving yards, and one touchdown. And he got three hundred thirty three thousand dollars if each mark was achieved before the end of the football season. The end of the football season is next week. He was torching the Jets, even though they was losing the game. At that at that point in time, Antonio Brown was torching the Jets. All of a sudden, he gets benched. They're down by what fourteen or whatever, whatever. And then next thing you know, Tom Brady acts like Tom Brady and remembers who Tom Brady is. Oh yeah, I'm, oh I forgot. I'm playing a football game. Let me go ahead and win it real quick. All of a sudden, Antonio Brown gets benched. They go on to win the game. Antonio Brown not only got benched, he took his pads off. He took his undershirt off. He took his gloves off. He took his arm sleeves off, all in the middle of a football game. Ran through the end zone, opposite end zone, screaming to the fans and stuff like that. And nobody said a word. 
Nobody bothered to tackle him. A few players tried to speak to him. They just let Antonio be Antonio, and next thing you know, he's off the team. Oh, he's been crazy. It's videos of him farting in front of a doctor. It's videos of him with his eyebrows dyed and his mustache dyed and his, and his hair different colors. Everybody wants to throw that mental health thing out there. No. Antonio Brown knew exactly what was going on. Like I just said, he was due $333,000 for one touchdown, eight receptions, and 55 yards. That's a quarter for a player of Antonio Brown's skill set. He could have easily got that. Easily gotten that meal plus. Easily. They don't want to give it to him. Okay, so you're going to treat me like that? Fine. I don't... What do I need to go sit down for? What do I need to get him sit on your bench? Because they was possibly going to sit him for the last game. That's taking money out of your pocket. That's taking money out of his children's mouths. That's taking, you know, money away from his family. Let my job, let your job do something like that to you. For your check, for your bonus. Hey, go home. I just got told to go home a couple of days ago. Oh, you got too many people here, Harrison. Um, what are you going to do? That's code for Harrison. Go home. What they didn't know, I already did my eight hours. I was just, that was, that, that was over there. I was just doing more work that day so I wouldn't have to do it the next day. What, you telling me to go home? Okay. No problem. Don't care what happened. Don't tell me what happened. Don't call me. I'm not there. You don't want me to. Look at that the same way. Like I just said, I've been told to go home. He was told to sit down. No, we in the middle of a football game. We're losing. We don't play to lose. Herm Edwards, we play to win the game. Hello? He was trying to play to win a game. He didn't say, hey, if I hit these certain marks, will you give me X amount of money? No, that was putting his contract from his team by his agent and they agreed upon that all Antonio Brown had to do was put a signature on it he didn't go through there and negotiate all the little nuances of the contract so he didn't have that temper tantrum as they like to say because he's a head case mentally challenged or whatever whatever or the early stages of CTE as everybody is trying to paint him at he threw that tantrum and not even a tantrum because a tantrum is you tell me to sit down and I got a million plus on the line. I'm turning over every Gatorade 10. I'm flipping over every whatever. I'm fucking that sideline up. You tell me to go sit down. That's a tantrum. All he did was walk off the field, throw his stuff, say bye to the fans. Eh, that's how y'all going to treat me. I don't like that they try to put everything that a certain person does or a certain group of people, black man, or just man in general. You don't necessarily have to be black, but black man too. Black man first though. Oh, you, you know, you, you're going crazy. You're having a tantrum. You're having a moment. Let me leave you alone. You're angry. No, he sees it for what it is. Simple as that. Simple as that. move on for something else that I had to slow down for or had to be slowed down for. 
good friend of mine got assaulted at work. I've spoke about this person on this podcast, has never said, you know, her name. I wasn't there when she got assaulted. Do I believe it was something behind it? No, I can't say that. Do I believe God works in ways that you see, but you can't stop? You just have to go through it because he has a bigger plan for you on the other side. You have to believe that. But he has to pull you out of a situation because that situation isn't for you. So I can't really look at what happened to her as being true enough. It was a bad thing, but I have to look at every situation. I have to see the light in every situation. She was beat up by an employee that she had a an issue with and she had to be a witness to said employee being fired, which was wrong on so many levels because she wasn't supposed to be there because of the mentality of the person that got fired, saw it for something that it wasn't. Oh, you the cause of me being fired. No, the cause of you being fired was you walking out of your place of employment with merchandise that you didn't pay for. That was the cause of you being fired. So me having to talk to my friend, like, why did this happen? Well, she asked me, why did this happen? What am I going to do? You're going to be the strong person that I know you to be. That's what you're going to do. And our relationship is still going to be our relationship. It's still going to grow. Still going to grow. Maybe you had to be taken out of this situation, away from this store, away from this area, so you can calm down a little bit. And not necessarily say that you were an angry person, because to me, she wasn't. We had a beautiful relationship. Still do. But sometimes God does things that you don't understand. And it's not on us to question. It's not on us to question things that happen in life. Whether somebody takes something away from us, whether somebody, you know, we lose a friend. I'll get to that in a second. Or we lose a job. We have to see the beauty. We have to see the light in every situation that we go through. I've said that plenty of times on this podcast. We have to see the beauty in every situation. We have to. Christmas was beautiful. I'm going to just throw that in there. I put thought. I put time. I put a lot of effort into everyone's gifts that I bought them. The topper on Christmas... Hearing my wife laugh, seeing my mother cry tears of joy for the gift that, you know, we bought her. Those things matter. Those things are lasting. Those things are what Christmas is about. Not who can buy the most expensive, extravagant thing. I honestly feel Christmas is, do you really know the person that you're buying a gift for? If cards are out the question, can you put some thought into a Christmas gift? No matter what it is, whether it be a t-shirt, whether it be whatever, whatever. Can you put some thought into it? And hopefully, I put some thought into everything that I got, my family and friends. That was a memorable day. It was a memorable day. And I got to spend more time with them because what happened with my ankle... I had to be slowed down, remember? I got to be here. Something that I missed so much. I got to be 
with my family. I miss them. I see them every day, but I miss them. I miss my family. I miss every little moment. Speaking of every little moment, I've been hearing for the past three weeks, Harrison, your auntie wants to see you. Your auntie wants to see you. She's in a wheelchair. Can you please go see your auntie? I'm thinking to myself, I don't have a damn auntie in a wheelchair. But everybody at my job is telling me, Harrison, you got an auntie. She wants to see you. She's been coming by a lot. Nobody's called. Nobody's text. Nobody reached out. I walk out of my office today, and I see my auntie, and I start crying. She starts crying. I start crying. Moments. Little things matter. She even took a jab at my pops by saying, I'm so glad you're not like him because I asked him, how have you been? And he looked at me and he shrugged his shoulders like he didn't even care about you. And I said, auntie, I'm good. I'm good. I still got my little problems here and there, but all in all, I'm all right. The little moments matter, y'all. Got to share an embrace with my auntie. Let me go backwards a little bit. Tell you a story that wasn't so good. Remember the friend of mine that told me, Harrison, yeah, you've been going too hard. Maybe you need to maybe you need to slow down some. He had to leave work abruptly to go identify his father. I'm not gonna tell you how his father passed, because like I said that's that's none of my business. But to have to go identify a father, to have to go identify a loved one, to have to see a person that, even if you didn't have a good relationship with him, even if you didn't have the best relationship with your father, with your mother, with your sister, brother, whatever, to have to go, yeah, that's him. That does something to you. And to see a person that has so much life, so much enthusiasm, so much love, so much passion, just be without it. And I couldn't do anything because I didn't want to press too much. But he knows I love him. He knows I love him. But we all know things happen for a reason. We all know everything that we go through happens for a reason. It, it's a reason. It's a light. It's it's a light through all darkness. I said that to somebody that told me bullshit. If it's fucked, it's gonna be fucked the next day. I said, you can't sit there and just say, oh well, yeah. If I go home, my wife is laying in the middle of the floor dead, my son's screaming over her, what happened to mommy, what happened to mommy, Harrison, you can't tell me there's light after that, because he's without a mother, I'm without a wife, my whole world is shifting, because of that moment, I said, damn, you don't have to go that far, but I had to be slowed down in order to hear that, partly because he told me, 
you can't run now. Physically, no, I, I, I physically can't run. But I had to be stopped to listen to that. Because, yeah, he, you know, he told me, look, you can't have, you can't have light after everything. You can't. Can you? I, I still believe you can. I've been hit with some pretty traumatic things. But have I been hit with the loss of a parent? No. Have I been hit with the loss of a best friend? Yeah. I have. I can't say I haven't been hit with the loss of a parent because I've lost people that mean the that mean and that meant and still mean the absolute world to me. But it's different seeing my wife go through what she goes through. Seeing my mother going through what she's going through. It's different when it's actually your mother or actually your father. It hits you different. You don't have every motivational or uplifting thing to say right now, do you, Harrison? You can't really say no hug or Christmas gift is ever going to take away that, that one right there. No, I'm here for you, or no, I'm always there for you. Is going to take away that hurt right there. Don't have to deal with that one. And you got to deal with that one on your own. I'm struggling with that. Not to say that I'm having to deal with it on my own, but I'm having to deal with not being able to, not being able to make sure that, you know, it doesn't happen because I can't stop that. I can't stop my mother from crying. I can't stop my wife from crying. I'm going to get into that one in a second. I can't stop it. I want to. I can't. Does it hurt me? Yes. It's hurt me for the past 20 plus years of being in a relationship with my wife. Because I can't. I just got to take it. I have to continue to take it. Because she just lost someone close to her. She just lost someone close, closer to her than probably myself. Y'all know I don't hide anything. I've done, I've done everything under the sun right, and I've done everything under the moon wrong. She lost a good person in her life. And I'm sitting here finding ways, trying to find ways to make it better, and I can't. Sometimes you got to go through things on your own. I don't like that. That one I don't like. People, like, like my friend told me a couple of days ago, I don't like the fact that you say you can see light and darkness. I don't like the fact that people say they got to go through everything on their own. Because I try to be the person that protects you from this and that. But you can't protect everybody from everything. The only thing you can protect someone from is what you're actually there for. Like if somebody, you know, God forbid, harms us. I can protect you from that. But when you get a phone call that you lost someone that was close to you, that knew you inside out, what is your husband or what is your wife going to do at that particular moment? A damn thing. 
It's as simple as that. I can't do shit right now. My mother still texts me, still calls me, crying, upset, hurt. My wife for the past few days, crying, upset, hurt. We got other beefs, but I can't do anything for the major one. Just like that same friend of mine. Damn, how are you going to protect? How can you protect people from everything? You can't. And he was, he told me, as soon as you realize that you can't protect people from everything, you may start to hold things a little bit closer to heart. Like shit you can't control or shit that you just have no effect on. You don't have an effect on loss. You don't have an effect on someone losing somebody. You can't clean that slate. You can't clean that one up. Then, then next thing you know, my wife gets a phone call that her best friend died. The next thing you know, my wife gets a phone call. Her best friend's mother died. What's going through Harrison's head? My friend telling me, and yes, sometimes your friends have to give you the hard shit. Sometimes have to, your friends have to give you the hard shit that you don't understand. Harrison, what the fuck are you going to do within that situation? We were talking about something completely different, but what he said, I had to be slowed down to hear it, and I'm really hearing it now. What the fuck are you going to do in that situation? Nothing. No amount of weight you can lift. No amount of love you can make. No amount of no amount of nothing can help can help that. Everybody's right. I'ma say that one. Everybody's right. So what am I gonna do? Let time heal. I'm gonna let time do what time does. I'm pissed, I'm hurt, I'm upset. Different reasons why though. I'm pissed, I'm hurt, and I'm upset. Is it selfish that I'm pissed and hurt and upset? Fuck yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and lie to y'all and tell you it ain't. It is. It's selfish that I'm sitting here with the feelings that I'm feeling, the things that I'm saying. It's selfish because I'm just tired of being in the position that I'm always in. But it's what you signed up for, remember? For better, for worse, and all that shit. Well, not only for better, for worse with your spouse, it's for better, for worse with your friends, it's for better, for worse with your mother. I have a for better, for worse relationship with everybody, but guess what? So do you. Comes a point where you have to prove who you are to them in the situations that you just don't want to be in. You don't want to have anybody deal with loss, but loss is inevitable. We can't shake it. Can't avoid it. But what you learn from it what did you learn from losing your mother? What did you learn from losing your best friend? What did you learn? What did I learn from losing my best friend? I just told a story today of a good friend of mine in high school getting ran over on the highway because he didn't want to go home and face a whooping. What was the one of the last things he told me? He said, Harrison, what y'all cooking? 
I said, Antonio, I don't know. Mama probably gonna make some chicken. He was like, man, I wish my mama would bake me some chicken. Mama don't do nothing for me. I didn't get to see him again. He got hit on the highway because he didn't want to go home to face another potential beating or potential whatever. What we do at school, all of his so-called friends poured out soda. This for my homie. And then they went and played basketball. I'm fucking affected by that. You don't forget shit like that. Still haven't forgotten it. Won't forget it. Just like you don't forget the loss of a loved one. Just like you're going to have moments where you laugh. You're going to have moments where you cry too. You always remember you can't do anything about it when they occur or when they don't occur. You're going to have moments where you're going to pick up the phone, text, call. I still got a lot of people's numbers on my phone that won't be on the other end if I call them. A lot of memories, a lot of things around my house that remind me of certain people in my life. I will never physically be able to hug them again. Is it tough? Hell yeah. But you remember the love. I remember the light. I don't remember the darkness. All right, but I, such is life, right? Such is life. So what can you do? You pick up the pieces and you try to move on, but move on how? Move on how? Now, if you somebody like, you know, we just recently lost Betty White and everybody was like, oh my God, she was two weeks away from being 100 and I was walking through work and I seen this magazine that said, Betty White turns 100. And I'm like, no, she didn't. Y'all jumped the gun on that one, didn't you? And everybody's sad because she didn't reach 100. I saw a very horrible picture today. I was scrolling through social media, and if everybody remembers the Rams football game, they played against the Titans. It was the Super Bowl. And the last second tackle that, 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 that got the Rams the victory, the Rams player was um, Betty White. The football was 99, and the end zone was 100 years old. That's a fucking horrible picture. Horrible thing to say. Horrible thing to say. And the person that posted it was trying to defend. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. No, bitch, it ain't no joke. You've been very insensitive. You know, am I one of those people that's saying, oh, she almost reached 100? No, she lived 99 other years that y'all tend to forget about. All because she didn't hit 100? My grandmother didn't reach 100. My mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law didn't reach 100. Am I mad about that? No, because I am loving the life that they lived and the things that they taught me and others. I heard people say too much. They needed a little bit more time. I wish they had more time. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Take the lessons that they gave you. Take the love that they gave you 
and continue. I'm not saying you're going to continue the friendship. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to continue having a mother, having a father, having a grandmother, having a grandfather. No, you're not going to continue that. But if they really meant something to you, just live. I'm having a struggle with that of the people that I lost. I'm having a struggle with that over things in my life. I'm having a struggle with the fact that I haven't seen my sister in 33 years. She's still living. Think about her every day. I just cried over my daughter who would be 21. She didn't get a chance to say, Mama, she didn't get a chance to say, Daddy. She didn't get a chance to discipline her little brothers and little sisters or love her little brothers and her little sisters. I'm still affected by that one, and we never even met. So who am I to say how to deal with loss? I don't know how to deal with it myself. Guess I'm finding out. I can't really stop it anyway. Nobody can. So what are we going to do? What can we do? Just continue to live and continue to try to give as much as as much light to the darkness that we all face, unfortunately. It's all a part of life. So as things slowly get back to normal for me, like physically, I'll know emotionally I'll never be the same, especially from what I'm going through now. I know mentally I'll never be the same because realizing that you just, you can't, you know, strong your way through everything. Not, not, not everything can be picked up and moved you know, you can't pick up heartbreak. You can't bench press losing a loved one. You can't, you can't move that one out the way. I'm just going to try to have more moments, more meaningful moments with the people that mean the most to me. And even the people that I will meet in the future just like the lady that threw up all over me today. Getting ready to leave work. I heard a ma'am, you know, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Let me give you some juice. Here, take this candy boy. I already knew it was a diabetic situation. Next thing I know, I heard boom. And I run towards the sound. Then next thing I know, I heard her saying, help her, help her, help her. She fell out. So I run and I put my arm under the lady's head because I didn't want her to lay on the hard, cold ground. So I try to make sure my arm is propped up against her. The next thing I know, I see her eyes roll back in her head. I see her foaming at the mouth. Luckily, it's two CNAs sitting right like above me because I'm on the ground at this moment. 
And he's like, okay, turn her over. You're about to turn her over. Let me help you. Because if she chokes on the vomit, chokes on the spit, you're going to lose her right there in your arms. So next thing I know, I turn her over. Her eyes, I see her pupils. Next thing I know, she opens her mouth, vomit all over me, all over the floor. What do I do? Nothing. I don't let her go. I let her get it all out. Everybody else trying to run and put on gloves because of COVID and this and that. I'm just making sure I'm holding on to this woman. I grab her with the help of the other people who didn't leave. Make sure she's okay. I pull her hair out of the vomit, make sure her hair is clean. Make sure she gets the water. I went off on the paramedics because the paramedic was trying to ask her questions. And I'm like, sir, she just had a damn, damn near stroke. She had, she passed out. She ain't getting ready to talk to you. I'm getting ready to tell you everything that she told me. And she was like, no, don't worry about it, baby. She's giving you a fucking attitude. <laughs> so got her stood up. She stood up. She turned around. She said, thank you for everything. And I know I'm going to see you again. And I went on about my day. Ripped my shirt off. Threw it away. And everybody was looking at me like, you're always in the right place at the right time. I'm like, no, I'm just here. It's not right place, right time. I'm just here. I care about people. I wish everybody in my life could see just how much I actually give a fuck. I don't want anybody going through anything. But I can't stop it. Can't stop it. I seen a good friend of mine who I haven't seen in 20 plus years. And I also talked to one of my best friends He's been through quite quite a bit, being shot, being in prison. But to hear his voice meant the world to me. Meant the world to me. That happened close to my birthday. I turned 39 a little bit ago. I still feel like I'm 19. I still feel like I got so much of the world to to give and see and life to live. But what if it don't happen? Damn well. Hopefully I've lived enough and gave enough to be to be loved and be and be remembered. That's all we want, right? We want to be remembered. So through everybody that I just mentioned, we remember them, right? We remember them. But what do you remember? Do you remember the light? Or do you remember the dark? I choose to remember the light.
no matter how bright it was, how dim it was, just remember the light. Patience is the podcast.